0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff Said with Greg Shiegel. I am Greg Shiegel and this is a show where I, a working cartoonist, talk to other people in the world of comics, cartooning, etc. Et Today's show is part two with Jim DeMonacos. Before we get to that, a couple of bits of business. One, I usually talk about this at the end of the show, but there is a, a contest going on right now. If you leave a comment on iTunes, you are entered in to win a piece of original art by myself more on that after the interview portion and as this is a talk with jim limnakos and as you learned in the last episode he is the creator of the emerald city comic-con i will be at the emerald city comic-con so if you're in the pacific northwest stop by there will be a link at stuff at the stuff said website where you can get more information on that so We've got part two with Jim DeMonacos. Last time we talked a lot about his his business side. The comic shops he has in the Seattle area. The Comic Stop is the name of those. We talked about the Emerald City Comic Con quite a bit. So now we're going to talk about Jim as a creative person. And I don't really have to say much more than that. So here is part two with Jim DeMonacos. I want to talk about the creative side of Jim Dimonakis because
1: finally we can talk about the kiln I had built at home so that I could finally just do my own pottery without having to pay those exorbitant rates at
0: the pottery place. But let's get into it. <laughs> you have done freelance editing. Correct. You've written and are writing content. Yes. For comic books. Correct. You are half of the creative team behind Kirby Crackle. Yes. So there's two separate dimensions we're going to go into. Okay. Start with the first one, which is, as seen in, in your past endeavors, there was something you saw missing, a hole to fill, and you pursued something. Whether it was, you know, it wasn't a comic shop like the one you envisioned. It wasn't a convention like the one you envisioned. It mm-hmm. wasn't a website for the Savage Dragon that you envisioned. But it seems like on a creative endeavor, as a creative person, the the missing piece tends to be more internal. Sure. So, what is being satisfied for you by approaching these creative endeavors? I don't think I was hugged as a child. Well, now, um. we, now, <laughs> now, if hey, we'll get into it. <laughs> but I think that's shenanigans. <laughs> it's true. I got lots of hugs. Because people tend to take a certain, you either go the route, you know, if you if you're a comics fan, you either re- retain that fandom and you're a reader for life, mm-hmm. or go the route of retailing and you become part of that retailing, distributing, whatever, or you go creative, and that is writing, editing, drawing, coloring, what have you. You're now covering a lot of ground. <laughs> well, I don't
1: like I don't like to mess around.
0: Clearly not. Um, Except when you're giving joke answers, trying to evoke <laughs> sympathies of listeners by your terrible thoughts. Oh, no hugs. So much so much restaurant work, so little hugging. Yeah, exactly. Those boxes aren't going to make themselves, Jimmy. Well, let's uh, okay. well, let's okay. go one yes. by one. Let's yes, start, Dad. Let's start with editing, because I believe that came first. Correct. Was this something that, that you sought out, something that should appear to you, and what did it I think I feel? sort of fell into okay. editing,
1: because I'm not. I'm gonna talk down about myself. I don't know that I'm the greatest writer or even mediocre. But what I feel is my strength is taking stories that other people have come up with and being like, you know, if this, this and this gets changed, this would be like amazing. But the creativity a lot of times comes from someone else. I I think I have I think I have stories to tell, but I th- I don't think in that same urgency in a way that it was with the comic stop or Emerald City, where I, f- I was like, you know what the world needs mm-hmm. is this story. Instead, I just think I have some fun stories that I'd like to tell, and so I was felt I was a very strong editor, and it worked out really well with all the people I worked with, helped come up with the story, like giving the outline, and then let's find out all the cool little pieces that i can help add to it and have it become something more and that's where i think my strength lay and so that's what i pursued for a while was editing um i think it wasn't until after i edited projects that i felt confident enough to pursue writing uh solo um or as as part of a duo which i Currently, almost all my writing projects have been with someone else because I I do think I work better as a tag team. I have strengths and weaknesses, and thus finding someone to complement and pick up where I don't, where where my strengths don't lay, I think has been key to finding
0: these creative endeavors. So, speaking of those endeavors, there's two I can think of. One is the graphic novel you've co-written. So this, the, the graphic novel is called The Founds of Our Friends, and yes. it's out. It is now available. It's <laughs> now available. And I'll put up a link on, on the Stuff Said site so you can – And you can click on it and give Greg a couple of Amazon dollars. I have that set up. Oh, well. Probably You probably know how to set up because you're an internet guru. I may, I may,
1: I may have. Yeah. Um, and this is drawn by Nate Powell. It's drawn by Nate Powell, Eisner award-winning Nate Powell. He uh, won the Eisner two years ago for his graphic novel, Swallow Me Whole.
0: How did this team – did you bring this team together? Was this you being manager Jim who brings the world together? <laughs> or was this something that was like the editing, a thing they quote-unquote fell into?
1: So this is kind of a funny story. I love it. In as this is a small world scenario. So let's, let's get in the Wayback Machine to 1999. Actually, so it's actually 1998. I am still at the Art Institute of Seattle. I get myself a six-month internship at Zombie, which is a game studio in Seattle called Z- Zombie Studios. I worked on a, a Spec Ops, it's a precursor to all the, let's say, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare type of video game. So there's where I meet for the first time Mark Long. Mark is the owner of Zombie. So fast forward. I was there for six months. And It was just an internship, so it didn't lead to a. It, it didn't lead to a full time job. Um, so swinging back around to editing in two thousand seven. So actually, okay, two thousand six. I worked for Image Comics. I worked for Image Comics for a couple
0: of years, year and a half, Which, couple of years. two years. Which just again <laughs> addressed it hadn't come up because I just hadn't brought it up yet. Sure, but I was going to mention that you did work sort of almost was it even a year. No, it was 18 months. Okay, at Image Comics in their marketing promotions department. Correct, I was their PR and marketing coordinator. Continue. That's when I
1: met Zachary Sherman. He had done a graphic novel through Image called Seal Team 7. We got to know each other and became friends. Seal Team 7 was a great graphic novel. Like The summary is it was the Navy versus Atlantis and how screwed we would totally be if Atlantis decided to attack us. So... I met I met Zach. We became friends. Fast forward a couple more years. We kept in touch. Zach got hired to do a project for Radical Publishing, who I was editing for. This project was created by Mark Long and Nick Sagan, son of Carl Sagan. And I talked with Zach. He said, hey, I'm going to be in Seattle for a meeting. I'm like, oh. What are you, you know, he's like, so do you want to get together for a beer? I'm like, yeah, great. What are you in Seattle for? He's like, oh, I'm meeting with Mark Long. I was like, over at Zombie? He's like, yeah, how do you, I was like,
0: funny story. Let's get in the way back. Between. Yeah,
1: exactly. Was like, awesome. I was like, oh, tell Mark I said hello. Yeah. And so through a series of events, I ended up editing Shrapnel, which is the book that he was hired for. And thus, I ended up going over to Zombie and started talking to Mark. And so Mark and I sort of reconnected and started becoming close, became friends, and he was like, I want to do a graphic novel. I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, he's like I don't even have a story. I have, I have bits. I have anecdotes. Sure, I know that. Um, so without going into a long You don't want to spoil it. You want
0: people to read this. I though. do. I yeah. do.
1: Although I don't think it ends well for Martin Luther King Jr., so, man, you're bringing this thing down. <laughs> but so he has all these anecdotes from his father and his time in Texas and all these real world real world events like uh the shooting at Texas Southern University when a police officer got killed. So, we sat down and I took all the anecdotes and then we did I did some research, the historical research and created a narrative for this and inserted anecdotes and the story into this and then wrote dialogue and we uh, both Mark and I wrote dialogue and so it was very collaborative so I, I kind of put the piece together, created a story out of it and we both created the dialogue and then eventually um, I, when we finished, done completely written uh, we got an agent, Judy Hansen, over at Hanson Literary
0: very well, maybe not very well known, I had heard of her Gets a lot of deals, a lot of good deals for a lot of good people.
1: Yep. Um, so despite it involving me, she got a deal. She it does. It's what she does. Um, so she asked us who who we wanted, and I told her that I think this would be an ideal fit at first second. And so, like, well, it'd be nice to have some art to pitch with this. But at the time, I had gone down to APE, the Alternative Press Expo in San Francisco. And I was scoping out to see if I could find any artists who might be able to do I wanted six illustrations and a cover all all temporary obviously, and so as I was going through, I saw Nate Powell at ape, and somehow I'll be honest, I don't know somehow I kind of knew Nate. I think it's probably because of Top Shelf, my connection through Top Shelf, because I know Brett Warnock, one half of Top Shelf. I mean, I know Chris Starros, too, but, like, Brett is in Portland, so I've gotten to interact with him much more. He always – and Brett's the guy who runs the Top Shelf booth at Emerald City every year. So So I've gotten to know Brett. And I think – and I somehow knew Nate as well. So I was like, hey, how's it going? Good seeing you. Like, I have a question for you. I don't know how, how much time you have on your hands. I would like to pay you to do these six illustrations. It like, sounds fun. You know, send me some stuff. So we, Mark and I decided what, we took two illustrations from each part of the arc. You know, so the three-part story arc and had him do illustrations plus a cover. We packed it all up, gave it to Judy. Judy took it over to first second. First second was interested. They liked the story a lot. They asked who would be drawing it. Our answer was we didn't know. We were looking for an artist. I had gone back to Nate saying, You're actually perfect for this book. I would love for you to illustrate this book and he's like, I'm actually committed to doing this other graphic novel with these two brothers I think, and it's supposed to start next month. He's like, What about you guys I'm like, well, our script is done like we are ready to start and he's like, You know what I already made a commitment, and I'm like, you know I, I totally respect that and I honor that you have a comm- Something changes. Please let us know. And about a month or so later, uh, it did change. And the guys hadn't turned in their book to him to start illustrating. And he told them, he's like, well, I need it by this date because that's where I had planned. And, of course, in terms of budget and time and everything else, he's like, I need something. So he came back to us and said, listen, it looks like this other graphic novel is going to work out. I am interested in doing this. What do you think? We're totally excited. So we hire Nate to draw the graphic novel. By doing that, that also helps kind of. Well, all right. So we hire him. He starts drawing it. And then Per Second decides that they do want the book. So then he stops drawing it. The three of us fly to New York, go over to the Flatiron, meet with Per Second. And we edit the graphic novel in person. So we sit down with Calista Brill, who's our editor over at Per Second. And we spend entire day. Overall, we already gone through it and had specific problems or issues or things that she needed clarification, needed addressed, sure. anything a good editor would do. And so what that left us after we left was that we needed to add – we had like two pages here, a page there, you know, a few a few different things, so that we could get the graphic novel in shape. So we went back, wrote, went back and forth with Callista when it was as it were final approval. Nate got back on drawing it because luckily, at least the first section was problem problem free. So and we ended up taking one like three page sequence and taking it and moving it to the end of the graphic, you know. So it was fine, uh, and then Nate illustrated it afterwards he won the graphic novel or he won the Eisner the following year. And so which was awesome. I'm so proud of him. Sure. And he just sure. released Any Empire, which is fantastic, um, from, from top shelf. And so his next graphic novel now is, is ours. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited.
0: So as a finished book, you've read it? I have. you happy with it? I'm very happy with it. As a like a morsel for your creative side. Yeah. Does it Satisfy it, or is there now like, oh, I want more of this. I want to do more of this. Or do you feel like something else? I check off the list. I've written, a, I've co-written a graphic novel. Now I'm gonna go conquer some other. I'm gonna start coloring comics. <laughs> right. So what it what it does for me is, I'm, I'm
1: really I'm really proud of the project, and I hope that people like it. I mean, it's one of those. Again, not trying to be too self deprecating. It's hard to remove yourself from your own. I did the absolutely best that I could at the time of my ability to create this graphic novel, along with the, these amazing people I worked with. Because Nate has created so much, based off what we wrote, he then turned it into something more gorgeous and more more poignant. And I'm very, I could, not be, I could not be happier, nor more thankful to have collaborated thus, in terms of other things I would like to do, um, so I just wrote, along with Kyle, who we do Kirby Crackle together, we wrote a Skull Kickers short story for Jim Zubkiewicz's image comic. Okay. Every, he does a five-issue story arc, and then a one-issue where he does short stories from other creators based around the Skull Kickers universe. And he invited myself and Kyle to do a story. And so I came up with an idea that both of us liked, and then we turned it into a story dialogue again, just kind of helped, helped shape it into uh, what ended up turning out to be a nine page, like a nine page, really fun. It's, it's really goofy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's completely the opposite. Like, cause the, the graphic novel is very serious, sure. you know, it's, it tackles race issues and gender and, um,
0: it a like, place in
1: history. It's yeah, just, and it and, takes place right in the late '60s in Texas during the civil rights struggle. It's a very—I wouldn't—I don't know that I want to say it's heavy, but it's not. It's not popcorn for sure. Yes. While Skull Kickers, we we took the same care in making sure it was a, a good story, but it—you it, know—it's—it's it's a dude and a and a and a dwarf like fighting fighting uh, other mythical or I guess fantasy characters.
0: So, not exactly a, uh, you know. But there's there's a skill to creating good pop content.
1: It's definitely up our alley.
0: Yeah, and and it's a thing that I think people dismiss the same way that people dismiss all ages content. Right. When, in a lot of ways, it's a lot harder to do it. Well, especially because when it's truly all ages. As in, you know,
1: you watch something like Adventure Time. Yeah. Adventure Time appeals to kids and to adults. Yeah, I'm obsessed on, with it. Yeah, on the same level. And it's got that such even like the little tiny it's intro amazing. song yeah. is so I mean it, it's four lines. It's yeah. a four-line song and yet somehow it's like wow, this is just it's it, it's very straightforward, you know. It's such a great show. It's amazing. So, so things like that that capture literally every age group. But I mean that's literally that's it's a, a tightrope yeah. to, to pull that move It's so hard and they've they've done a good job so far of of balancing that. But you're right. Really difficult. So creating something that we're proud of that's, you know, really fun is completely different than the thing that I created with Mark that I'm proud of but is really serious. Yeah. So what what I'm currently looking to do is so this goes actually back to the convention. So so a lot of times then this falls back to the editorial thing. I'm satisfied I really like bringing things to life
0: yeah you definitely seem to you are are you're a producer yes like bringing produce yeah i mean when it really comes down to it, you're producing a show you're producing even even your description of of the graphic novel you are taking elements bringing them together adding to it yeah and and producing this essentially graphic novel which is a skill that a lot of people don't have or people like me are super selfish just want to do everything alone you know, and, and and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that either. No, the, I didn't say know, that in any, any accusatory tone. <laughs> I'm just saying that I'm recognizing that they're different. You know, it, it's sort of where the question came from, which is, what is? Yeah, so what's the I get whole.
1: satisfied by just creating, uh, no matter sort of what aspect. Um, for example, we have an art book we do for the Emerald City Comic Con, Monsters
0: and Dames, Monsters and Dames. So.
1: The original idea was from my friend Kendricks, who runs a show in in Calgary called the Calgary Expo. He would do an art book every year, but and I and I really enjoyed the idea, but it wasn't it, it never really grabbed me because it was sort of themeless. And so what I decided was like I would like to do this for Emerald City, but I would really like it to have a solid theme that people could get around. So I came up with the idea of monsters and dames. I was like, that's really cool because you can draw girls and you can draw monsters, and you know what people like girls and monsters you know and they don't have to be buxom and and like overtly unclothed uh, it can be anything you can you know so it, it just just the word monsters and dames inspires any number or an infinite number of combinations you can draw you can draw the bride of frankenstein and that not that's a monster and a dame yeah. you know what i mean it's and so up. the it, and so people have taken some, have done some very cool. I just got a piece from Lar D'Souza who does a number of. Uh, he does least I could do, and looking for a group, a couple of awesome web comics, mm-hmm. and he ended up doing basically like a Cleopatra mummy looking, you know, character. And again, it's the, very much like like we we're saying, the Bride of Frankenstein, you know? know. Yeah, so it was like so it lets artists do something cool, and we've now done this book three years in a row. We also. Actually, I also do it to raise money because um, the proceeds from the book go to uh, the Seattle Children's Hospital. We've raised in the last uh, two years; we've raised over twenty thousand dollars. You auction off children. all the
0: original artwork, and
1: artists such as yourself who uh, create art for the book and donate, yes. we will then auction the original off, and all that money also goes to Seattle Children.
0: And mine, so, mine was of a monster and a chick, to the name. Correct. And my monster was. Of Greek origins. Yes, it was. In honor <laughs> of the convention uh, founder.
1: I uh, I enjoyed it very much. The the Minotaur. Yes. The football Minotaur. Yes, the
0: football-playing Minotaur. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so I get a lot of
1: satisfaction out of that, too. Like, I edit that book. Yeah. Basically, the, the pieces come in, and we kind of do committee. But really, you know, at the end of the day, like, I put it together. With my idea to do a theme, and now I've brought it to life. And now it's become a thing. Like, everyone – who has gone regularly to to, to Emerald City Comic-Con, now one of the things they get the first thing through the door is they got to go get the new Monsters and Dames book. We've had great cover artists. The last three have been um, Frank Cho, Adam Hughes, and Joe Chen. And the upcoming cover for the 2012 book is going to be by Adi Grano. So there's this very strong, Finally, he's doing you a solid... (laughs) After all these years of doing nothing for me, but you know what I mean, and and so he's doing that, and we and we've expanded the book to sixty four pages, so it's a full color hardcover nine by twelve art book, and you can't get it anywhere else.
0: Yeah, it's a great, it's a it's a very pretty book. Thank you,
1: and and so I'm really proud of that. And now, uh, in terms of creation, I'm working with our good friend Christian Russo, yes, along with uh, Brad Geiger. Who's well known for his web comic yep. Evil inc and
0: there's a like a, a relationship Greystone. advice one that I can't yeah the it. it's, funny it's funny See, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing like I,
1: I read it too and I can't remember the name of it. He also did Greystone Inn, which was great. And so, so I approached them with the idea of a web comic. I'm like, why don't we have our own web comic at the Emerald City website? That would be just something that would let people come and enjoy a web comic that's about cons. And so again. I'm sort of editing it. I'll get I'll get Brad's scripts, and occasionally I'll just be like, most of the time, as usual, the, the best editor knows when to be hands-off. Most of the time, I'm like, this is awesome head-to-toe. And then other times, like, you know, if we just switch this one thing, boom, that's ten times funnier. Or sometimes, like, Chris turned in an illustration, and it was just a small tweak on the, because uh, it turned in a rough. And I was like, you know, what if we just did w- one switch on the art, and he emails it back. He's like, that's great. So that, that really sells the joke. And it's and so I feel like a lot of my strength does lie in taking these pieces and helping them, you know, turning them into fruition. I just also created a couple of heroes for the Emerald City Comic Con so that we can then do a num like, that, that becomes an entire other thing, whether we want to do, like, a short comic or a coloring book or, you know, you name it. I think that's the kind of thing I like. I like to just Find ways to create, whether even if I'm not the one doing the actual creation. Like one of the things I'm really proud of is all the prints we've done. And so, you know, I'd gone to Tim's sale and like, hey, why don't we do like the Hulk at the Pike Place Market? Like that would be awesome. And, or why do we? And so these prints have gotten, you know, people really love
0: them, and we do these.
1: So just create, create, create from sort of every angle, and that's
0: that's what I like to do. And once again. You lead me right into I'm gonna show you my sheet of notes, okay, and you're gonna see how you freaking walked into every one of my transitions <laughs> It's amazing,
1: just so so the listeners know i'm on the other side of a you know six foot table, and I cannot see his notes because it's hidden behind a laptop, so it's not like I'm sitting next to it and being like, Well, yeah, I see you're about to talk about this. Let me find an excellent way to
0: segue oh. and and we're gonna sort of jump over Kirby Crackle for a second. So anybody that's listening to this because they want to hear about Kirby Crackle and they haven't yet, <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. We'll get there. But one thing I've I've noticed in this conversation and just knowing you through the years, and this it's a word that is often seen as a negative, but it is not douche. Not <laughs> you are <laughs> you you are an opportunist. Like you look you're constantly on the lookout for where the opportunity is. Whether it's have the convention, what can I do next? Art book. Create these characters. Web strip. Boom, boom, boom. A guy's coming into your store, get along with them. Oh, you're a musician. Let's start a nerd rock band. Why not? But I'm saying like like <laughs> you're the you saw you like you sat there and you saw an opportunity. Not even necessarily an opportunity to make money. An opportunity to produce something. Let, let, let's be very clear on that. Yeah, that's for sure. It's the music business—it's like the one business that's doing about as well as the comic business.
1: Well, yeah, and I feel like I'm a I'm a genius on on multiple levels because I've decided to embroil myself into a couple of different professions. I do want to point out that, that like
0: eight minutes ago, you're like, oh, I'm not the greatest writer, and you did just call yourself a genius. Well,
1: that is—it's—it's it's the dichotomy, okay. right? So. Well, I, and I, it, once I finish this statement, you'll see that genius was meant uh, sarcastically. Oh, there was
0: quotes around it? Yes. Okay.
1: I see. And that genius in that I decided to get into the two industries where I was almost guaranteed that I would make no money whatsoever. Of course. So like comics and music.
0: So You're talking to a cartoonist with a
1: podcast. <laughs>
0: so anyway. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He's in a pod. Yep. You 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 find the opportunities and again it's a word that is usually seen as a negative, but you find a way to exploit, and that's the wrong word. But exploit's also like a, a negative. You know, yeah,
1: like because exploit also feels like you're taking advantage. You suck and, and the that's the
0: nectar out of an opportunity. <laughs> <Is that fair? laughs> now I'm a vampire. Yeah. No, I didn't say a biological. nectar You're a bee. Vire. You're a bee. Okay. maybe a worker bee. Okay. boom. Segway, you must be the hardest working dude in comics going. <laughs> and we've literally talked now and you know, once it's edited who knows, but we've we've talked now for over an hour and a half. And it's been about all the stuff you've done and do. Ah. And and you do it almost I mean essentially with no ego. You're you're pairing up with people, like you're teaming up with like it's not like it's the gym show. But I've walked around with you at conventions. And it is crazy (laughs) how you can't go six to ten feet without somebody who knows you. Somebody's coming up to you, and it's work. I mean, you're you're walking the show, you're talking, you're, you're getting numbers. You're. I'll talk to you later. Boom, the phone is going. Here's the question. Okay, does it ever stop? No. Never. There's never a moment where it's like just there's a wind down. And you, I have, can, and you can just sort of, like... Don't get, don't get me wrong. It's not, like... I'm not saying you don't like the work. Sure. Well, but, and, the, and, but the and, and mind and has to... In,
1: that's the, okay. It seems a lot of times like I don't ever stop working. I'm always... Yeah. I'm, I'm always working. Because even if I'm not physically, like, let's say, in front of the computer doing something or checking email or, or whatever or on the phone, even sometimes, like... Like watching TV, I'll get an idea. Like I saw an advertisement yeah. and was like, you know, I like the idea of this ad. What if I took that and changed X, Y, Z or created something based on that? Or I like.
0: Dude, you, yesterday I showed you a piece of art I had done. And three or four hours later, there was an email no, from downstairs. From downstairs <laughs> you're staying with me in my apartment. There was an email of like, "What if we did this?" And it's amazing because if I do the thing, I get it. I'm constantly you can't when you're a creative person and you're a thinker, you can can't never turn stop. It off.
1: So, like you can't turn it off, and that's not again not an ego thing. It's just I can't. Yeah, I look at stuff and I think, man, how can I? How can I do that? How can I get in on that? How can I? You know, I enjoy because I enjoy doing this stuff. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, right? And a lot of it is, you know, I'm the poorest entrepreneur (laughs) you're ever going to talk to. But, you know, like, that's the thing. I just, but I like creating stuff and I like finding awesome opportunities. I like things that are awesome. And and so when I'm able to, I don't know, it's one of those, I get very, I've gotten chided, especially in a relationship, about how much I work. And it's sort of like the, hey, babe, wait a minute. I just need to send this one email <laughs> kind of thing, you know. And my phone is kind of always on, as it were. And so trying to – I'm so closely tied with what I with, – with work yeah. that in a way there isn't – like what you see is what you get with me. There is no this gym and then there's work gym. Like, work gym and – personal gym or whatever are the same gym yeah. and so i can't i can't stop myself i'm not saying i can't relax i don't like watching tv and movies and dicking around like everybody oh. else you know and i do sleep I mean, despite what it may seem <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know but it, it is incredibly difficult and i leave i usually leave the office every day dissatisfied with the amount of work i've done and I did like I did this just a few days ago where I woke up early, you know, for me early was 730, you early. know, and I'm like, man, I just can't sleep anymore. So by eight o'clock, I'm like, OK, I'm out of bed, showered, ready to go, I go to the office. And like in the last year, I got an actual office, rented a really small office so that I could not work at home because up until now I'd been working from home from my home office. I took the the one extra bedroom and just turned it into like a tiny – just all you need is a computer and a place to put way too many papers. Sure. And so I got an office so that I could at least segregate work from home because even if I was downstairs at home, work was just upstairs. But if you actually have to drive to work and go to work, then you can at least fool yourself into thinking that you're not working when you're at home, even though your iPad checks an email. They're yeah. so like, oh, shit, oh, what just happened? Oh, I just spent an hour uh, responding to email. Yeah. I just came up with this. I was at home, and I came up with an entire ad campaign for Emerald City Comic Con that um, was, what if we had, for the holidays, I, I thought of, instead of positioning Emerald City Comic Con as just, hey, it's this event, it's coming up, why don't we start advertising in November saying the perfect gift for the geek in your life is tickets to the Emerald City Comic Con? I was like, well what 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 if we got a spokesperson for it? Like that would be awesome. Like and then I was like, how funny would it be to get a spokesperson that just had nothing to do with comics? It would make it like a, this weird, you know, like so I came up with Casey Keller, who is the um the goalie for the Seattle Sounders but <laughs> was also the goalie for the US national team, uh, has gotten to the World Cup and everything. Okay. But he's local, and so – and he's very well-known locally. So I'd be like – and the idea would be, hey, I'm Casey Keller, Emerald City Comic-Con. Uh, you know, if you ever wondered how I made all those, you know, excellent – like those almost amazing saves in the goal, and he would, like, lift up his Sounders jersey, and there was a Superman shirt underneath, you know, like this whole kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I contacted his people, and it turns out it was a little on the pricey side. To have Casey do it, and that's fine. I kind of knew that, but it was pricier than I was looking for. Yeah. So I was like, "Who else could I get?" And then I came up with another idea, which was, "Why did not I get Ken Jennings to he's do it?" From, is he he, he is—he's not—is he local? He attends Emerald City Comic Con. I
0: think. I, I think he,
1: yeah. Okay. And so yeah. I just emailed Ken, and I'm like, "Hey, Ken, so I have this idea. What do you think?" And he writes back, "He's like, sounds awesome." So then I created a whole. I went with my. Uh, we have a creative team. That does our ad stuff. So I, I sat down and I outlined a whole ad campaign where I'm like, Hi, I'm Ken Jennings, the winningest winner of Jeopardy ever. Like, people ask me a lot of questions. The number one question they ask is, Where do babies come from? <laughs> and then you get that kind of look at the camera, right? And then it's like, But the number two question I, I get asked is, Ken, you're a nerd. What would I get the, a nerd in my life for the holidays? Right. And he's like, the answer? The Emerald City Comic Con. And then it's uh, video clips, voiceover. And then at the end, he's got a pair of tickets to the show because we've printed. I decided this year to take over ticket printing as well instead of having a third party do it. So now we're actually printing our own tickets right. for the show. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's still like from a printer, but yeah, instead yeah. of going to a ticketing company, I went I just had them designed right. and then now we're doing our own ticket. Um And so he's holding the tickets and And so he's like – at the end of the commercial, he's like, these are the tickets you're looking for. And then a Stormtrooper hand comes out the side, grabs them, and in that Stormtrooper been phased by a Jedi voice, these are the tickets you're looking for. And that's the end of the commercial. And he's totally into this idea, and so now we're going to do this crazy ad campaign with the winner of Jeopardy, Ken Jennings. And this is all just from sitting at home, like watching TV. It's what we do. (laughs) Right? And so – but then I think what we do – To kind of bring it all around is we don't then just think, that'd be cool. I think the key is to then take that idea and turn it into something. And there, it's the execution. That's the talent. That's the real work. Correct. Yeah. So like watching TV gives you ideas. Walking around. I take pictures. I take a lot of pictures because I like an advertisement. I'm like, you know, this ad's kind of cool. Like, what if we took that and may, maybe made a play on it? Or I just like the wording. Like, or I'll, I'll straight up just take a picture because I like the font, and I'll send it to my designers and be like, "This is really cool." I'm not saying copy it because that's what I don't want. Like, you'll never look at our ads and be like, "Wait, isn't this just the T-Mobile ad?" But instead of the girl in the pink dress, it's you know the
0: like the, she's, she's a blonde. This yeah, time. I don't, I don't yeah. want
1: I don't want that. But I like the idea of. You know, there's something really clean about this ad, and I'll send. I, I think my designers may or may not hate me because they'll get random emails being like, "What do you think of this?" And they're like, "I, I think you have too much time on your hands." Is probably what they actually think. Yeah, but, but it, it's then taking that and ex- executing it. Then I'll, I'll have a whole idea, an entire entire funk, and be like, "Okay, like now, this is what I want to do," and I have enough. I think. On the flip side, my designers love me because I will sketch out. Like I have enough art skill because I went to art school, yeah. and originally at the UW I was in fine arts, and then I moved over and I went to computer animation. So part of me is also, I think, if we're going back and doing deep analysis, part of me I think always wanted to draw comics. But when I was in sixth grade during block. I had a teacher who was just like, you will never do anything with art. And she was very discouraging, even though I could draw a mean Bart Simpson.
0: You want to name her? You want to name drop her? I don't even remember. To, okay.
1: Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I stopped drawing from like sixth grade to like 12th grade. But I used That'll to draw it. all the time, all the time. I, I would draw, like my brother still has a picture of Raphael from the Ninja Turtles that I drew him as a gift. I'm yes. like, George, I drew you Raphael. It his favorite Ninja Turtle because George has rage issues as well um
0: because it just its size I figured that was it
1: no I think they're both uh really angry All right. no like I love my
0: brother but you know and, and by the way I've met George I would in a million years not apply the word angry to him <laughs> no he is, the nicest is guy. so pleasant it's crazy <laughs> again so you
1: know so I drew a lot and I don't feel like I'm like some stunted artist that like oh man but it does still like that drive to create has always been there whether it was refocused for a while or not Mm -hmm. i don't have any desire to be a comic artist i I you know if you're like okay you get the opportunity to draw spider-man i'm like well first it's gonna look like shit and second you know (laughs) like but also like that's not really that's not what i'm i'm looking for so the it's all these other opportunities that i do get excited about and then i go to my designers and i'm like listen I have an idea for this ad. I have an idea for this illustration. I have this, and I will get, I will get, like, I needed just, even last week, just something very simple. I'm like, listen, so we just made a deal with Lucasfilm to do two exclusive toys for Emerald City Comic Con. They're pop heroes, so they're like these little vinyl toys. And my idea, so they're like, you can do anything you want, a variant, especially if it uses the mold. And I was like, when I was a kid, I really liked, you know, in Star Wars where Han and Luke have to rescue Leia from the Death Star and they dress up as Stormtroopers. And so they made action figures because, of course, they made action figures of fucking everything. Yeah. Of Han as a Stormtrooper and Luke as a Stormtrooper. Those were cool figures, though. So I was like, well, why don't we make the vinyls of Han as a Stormtrooper and Luke as a Stormtrooper? And... So I went to Funco, the company that makes them. I pitched the idea because I'm like, this is my idea. This is what I would like to do. And I was like, they already have the sculpts here. You like I, I kind of like yeah. laid out the whole thing. And they're like, uh, yeah, I guess that's awesome. We could just – It's really coherent. Like can we just <laughs> – let's just ask Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm approved it, approved it in 48 hours. They were like, this is great. And so now for Emerald City Comic Con next year, we're going to have two – exclusive vinyl figures of luke as a, a stormtrooper and han as a stormtrooper and it's like part of me is like cool i made that happen that's yeah. awesome and even though again it's just taking idea that was around and applying it to something new but then i needed an then i needed a logo and uh the logo basically i already have the Emerald city comic-con logo but what, what i need is a thing that says it's exclusive so that we can put it on the box And so I sat in Photoshop and I made an exclusive logo that was both round and square in case we needed it at different times. And then I just sent them to the designer and I'm like, Hey, can you turn these into not shit? Like, and they sent it back, but he's like, you already did all the brain work. I just was like, well, let me use our font, put it in the right perspective and boom, you're done. And so I think that's, that's the thing. That's the, like, I have such a strong vision that that helps a lot in, And it could, it it can be also maybe, and I understand where, like, I try not to be overbearing about it, but I'm
0: like, no, it needs to be like this. Like, I know what, like in my head, I'm like, I know what this should be. At this point, you have a track record of having made, having accomplished stuff. Sure. So there's, there's like, even, you know, there's, there's this notion of, um, some people can be paralyzed by like the fear of success. Like, if you do it, what if it succeeds? There's that notion that I don't quite understand, but I'm probably a bit of a victim of it. (sighs) Like you seem to have overcome that because you've had successes and you've had I'm well. Sure I, think, had I think the thing
1: is, I, I think even more so is I've taken my failures in stride and not let that hamper trying to do more
0: successes. Sure. You had a teacher tell you you'll never draw well in your entire life when you were at a really <laughs> yeah she, age. Then, well,
1: at an impressionable age, where she's like, "Yeah, you draw well, but you're never going to do anything with it. You should focus on something else." The funny thing is, is that I spent the next six years in school. Still, by the time I went to college, it's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, art. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like,
0: I guess she didn't discourage you that much.
1: But still, like, but it stopped me from. It, I feel like my my career would have taken a completely different path course. had I kept drawing. And by the time I was in high school, had spent the last six years drawing and getting to the point where I'm like, yeah, I really wanted like do art. While I went to the it's kind of wishy-washy in college because I'm like, I, I I do want to do art, but I haven't been like drawing, and it's never too late to start. But then I also also hampered. I'm not blaming my parents, mind you, when I say this, but I was also hampered by like, after school, I would then go work at the restaurant. Yeah. like it was always work, work, work. Instead of focusing on, as it were, if it were school stuff, school work, I would do my homework. That's different, you know. So yeah, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to, uh, like Mike Mignola was our guest uh, last year, mm-hmm. and I literally actually drew Hellboy. I drew a sketch and gave it to Mike and I'm like, I need you to draw this but not but in your style and yeah. obviously have it not suck for the t shirt. And it and so he did it and he's like not super used to doing something where someone <laughs> like he's Mike Mignola, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I know exactly what I want. I want the space needle right here. I want a figure of Hellboy here. And he took the exact thing and turned it into a very awesome Mike Mignola illustration, which I then put on our show T shirt and ended up selling almost a thousand show T shirts. Because the drawing was so good, it was printed on. Because Mike, don't get me wrong, my only credit is that I was like, "Hey, I have this idea." Mike turned an illustration in that is amazing.
0: Did he sign and it, Vignola, after Jim, or did he leave <laughs> that <off>? No.
1: no. <laughs> like I felt I was part of that creative process, yeah. even though I take no credit for, no, nor do I want credit for for that. You I, are no I, ego. I just want. No ego Jim. I just want cool stuff. Yeah. And so that. I got an awesome t-shirt out of that, and even more so, not so much for me, but I got a t-shirt that our fans love so much, it sold almost triple what any other t-shirt had ever sold yeah. before. That's awesome. On a quick side note, side note, there's a Seattle fashion blog, and last week, the girl in the fashion blog was wearing these awesome pants and the Mike Mignola t-shirt and she got on the Seattle fashion blog. They're like this, this, uh, this T-shirt with a very graphic illustration, you know, as in very bold. Yeah, yeah. not Obviously, because it's not like there's porno. Yeah, and it's not porn, pornography. It's Hellboy. Yeah. Um, it's with this graphic illustration, you know, shows a pairing of style where she tucked it into her pants and that. But for me, I was like, that is totally our T-shirt. How yeah. cool is that? That's like to cool. me, I just that's what I care about. I'm like, I like things that are awesome, as I mentioned earlier, and I'll continue to mention,
0: because uh, that's what I do. So it comes to the question of, and this is less about being creative and more the flip side of it. How do you, if you can't shut it off, do you have ways of quieting it? Do you have ways, say you watch TV, yeah? But are things, are there things you do just to sort of bring it down, like just to bring that, bring things, whether it's, you know, it could be as simple as a glass of wine at the end of the day which is what people do on tv right <laughs> or or meditation which funny people like is there a thing I like, you do or I like you don't the, even not really
1: it? i'll be honest like i like to bike ride which All is right. kind of you know a little bit of it's meditative yeah just sort of you, you have a goal of where you're going but really it's sort of like
0: i'm just i'm
1: trying not to get hit by a car mostly yeah,
0: yeah. you know your mind but, gets focused on correct else.
1: and so it's nice uh but i don't yeah i'm not a meditator because mm-hmm. part of me is like i just don't have time <laughs> you know like That's the point <laughs> i know the, point. It, 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 the, the, the ultimate irony right it's like yeah oh sorry i wish i could meditate to help me clear my mind but my mind's too full of stuff to meditate it, uh, um there's times when i have a hugely hard time falling asleep yeah because my brain won't shut off i've gotten to the point where i'll like there's a notepad and i'll write down something and sometimes just writing it
0: out it instead helps. of obsessing yeah. over it amazing so that way in
1: the morning you could be like that that it doesn't even it make out. sense yeah. like i don't what was i even thinking but it gets
0: it out of your head
1: like you know i don't even know why a unicorn and a, and a deer would you know mate but all right i guess that is that is what in it was head. yeah but um sometimes i have a hard time sleeping or or at least falling asleep yeah, yeah. but once i get it out of my head i actually sleep really well i i, I in or whenever i sleep as long as i do no, no no
0: i have this i if if i'm my mind is racing I have to either read something, do a crossword puzzle, or literally just write down everything that's in my head. Which, what little experience I have with meditation, is essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're letting the thoughts out, or letting them go, recognizing them as thoughts, just clearing house. Concentrating on in meditation is breathing or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, I'm not very good at it. Let me just. <laughs> sure. Preface. I'm just fascinated by it because I think there, I think there's a value in it for yeah. lunatics like us. That, and you at least are more productive. Like I get work done, but there are moments where it's just like, oh, and I'm thinking of things like, what could I put in a cookie that would make it awesome? Sure. And I've got some good. I got a new one where it's like, uh, contents of a, a drumstick ice cream, basically a cookie with chocolate, uh, ice cream cone, something to replicate flavor of ice cream in a cookie. I think mm. that'd be great. And I think about that. That's what that's sure. what happens to me. Sure, you know what? We all have.
1: Uh, my dad is opening a restaurant because he is like me. Weirdly, he yeah. I, I, I take after my parents. He uh, he just turned seventy, has retired four separate times, and has now decided to open another restaurant. And so I sit around, and now I'm like obsessively watching like Food Network because I'm like, you know, what if I put. Blue cheese inside of the burger, like because he's opening a burger in Europlay, yes. and I'm like, well, what if? And so I tell my dad all this stuff, and I and so so much so that my dad's like, okay, so I want you to make a logo because I've always, I've always been artistic enough to do whatever. Yeah. Instead, I go to my designers who designed the awesome Emerald City logo. I'm like, all right, check it out. My dad's opening a restaurant. Here's what I want. Here's the name of the restaurant, and I have this idea, and so now like. The design part of this restaurant, it's now a three-color restaurant. Everything is either red, black, or white. The building itself is two-thirds, top red, bottom third, black. It's a little um, half cow. So if you take take a circle, cut it in half horizontally, draw two little uh, oval eyes vertically, and then put two little horns on it. And then on the, on the side coming off is a little bushy tail. There's the logo for Nick's Junior Burgers and Euros, and it's the little cow. And our cow is now everywhere. It's like okay, peeking out of the door, and like how fun would it be that one wall just has different illustrations? You know, and I'm, and, and my You're dad's the yeah, and my dad's kind of like sort of <laughs> my dad, my dad, my dad's seventy, yeah. a Greek immigrant, and it's kind of like sort of wanted like you know just a regular you know restaurant, and I'm like yeah, but. <laughs> And I and I feel like I've bullied my father into into this entire design aesthetic where he's kind of like, I'm not even sure I like this. Yeah. But then he saw the building painted. I I literally picked it, picked Pantone colors and had them buy them from showroom Williams. Yeah, yeah. And then he saw it painted and it's like, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, and I but, but I can't like I just. It doesn't. It, I can't stop. I, I know. I'm sure for listeners who don't know me, because usually, how, you know how it is. I always listen to my friends on podcasts yeah. when they do something. So the people who don't know me, obviously clearly think I am a mental
0: case. You know? I don't know. If, <laughs> I, I think they just. I I don't think they think you're a mental case. Okay, good. I think, Sorry, I think, guys. But for what it's worth, I think what's interesting, and I think what will happen the more I talk to people, is the, it'll be very clear that all of us. That either do stuff in comics or even beyond comics. Not any, if you have a the, the desire to make stuff, it's a different mindset than a desire to not make. I don't know if that made any sense.
1: That yeah. sentence. No, of course. But
0: there's a there's a a different psychology. I mean, Christy Russo thinks about his convention display all the time. Right. I think about
1: that too i think about for kirby crackle i'm like so how are we gonna you know what, what's our banners gonna look like Just
0: what walked is into another segue because we haven't talked about it <laughs> and now it's like on a tv show on like a talk show uh the, the musical guest is always last
1: sure so we're gonna with, talk with, with, with us is sting he's gonna be performing yeah and they titles. come at the end and they do a song sure. and then
0: it's like thanks to sting we'll see you tomorrow uh you know yeah jesse ventura is here Sure. Why not he would do, of course he'd be the lead off guest, <laughs> yeah, of course i I'd
1: watch, I'd watch that show. I assume'm talk, talking Letterman, but
0: okay, let's talk a little bit about Kirby crackle. I've heard of it, and a little bit not not to throw into imbalance the collaboration, sure, but at the heart of it, you're like the colonel tom parker i am I am the um for that dude that put the backstreet boys together, that creep well, thanks, <laughs> that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I
1: always joke that I'm the Bernie Toppin. Okay. To his yeah, Elton John. You
0: write the, you help write, you work on the lyrics. Yep. That, um, that that is where, like, to, to, so
1: to be clear, yeah. Kyle usually comes up with the melody, music. He's like, hey, I have this riff, this and that, yeah. And then we start shoving words into it, and 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 seeing how it works, and seeing what kind of song it is, yeah, because. It, at the at the point of it just being music it could be anything but you know you start I start listening to it and so does he and we're like you know this feels like this it feels like a song about Deadpool it feels like a you know or it feels like it just it has a vibe yeah and so then we're like well what if it's about this and so we take that what if and we start writing lyrics and we have so we've probably written I'm sorry we've probably discarded twice as many lyrics if not more honestly than we've actually now published on the page for lack of a better term yeah, yeah. in music right because we have all these ideas and we're like hey what do you think about this like what if we do a song from this perspective of this character and we start writing it and then it's like you know i don't know that i have enough to say about this character to create a full song mm-hmm. but my contribution is is, is the lyrics correct and so you're also
0: you're also and ideas and all this other ideas stuff. Ideas and, and on and certain levels production end. And, and management, correct? and, and then setting up shows then the business and, stuff. Yeah.
1: You know, that I uh you know, both of us take care of business stuff. I, I tend to do the conventions and the travel and we but we you know what I mean? Like that's my head has always been that that yeah. And so
0: who is the Kirby Crackle Twitter? Is that you or Kyle? Both of us. Oh it's both of you? So we both have it on
1: our on our phones so whenever either of us feel like saying something that's kirby crackle i would say that kyle does it more than i do okay to be honest but
0: we are we are both the kirby crackle twitter okay so and now this is sort of unfair because kyle is actually in the room he's been he's he's listening yeah but i am handsomer i like we'll just why don't we just throw
1: it out there so it's not awkward later
0: once again you've 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 got the question before i ask it (laughs) Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the songs on on, on the surface mm-hmm. the songs are about whatever respective comic book character video game genre specific thing nerd, that it's a bad life thing but inherent to a lot of things if i may use myself as an example i wrote x babies, and on the surface is essentially an x-men adventure with kids as the x-men kind of a thing but I also tried to do something else with it. It was a personal point of view thing that I was getting across. Sure. I was trying to tell a story beyond the surface story. So there has to there doesn't have to be, in theory, you could produce something to be simply what it is. But are there songs, are there instances where there's that surface? And I know that people who write music or write don't always want to say, this is what this really means. Sure. And you don't even have to tell me what they really mean. Sure. But are there instances outside of worlds full of heroes that we might not have recognized? Like, and again, you don't have to say what it is. That there's, it's more about you or more about Kyle or the two of you than it is about Wolverine, right? And the answer is, of course,
1: there's a number of songs I can think of that, when you look at them purely on the surface, mm-hmm. they're very straightforward. But for us, in terms of from the time in our lives that they came from, what we were going through, what was happening, that those those songs have a much deeper meaning to the, to, like, they all come from, we, we couldn't have written, so I guess I'll say this, in, in terms of the, the album, like, none of the songs could have been written in the, any other order than they were. The stuff from E for Everyone came from a very, very specific time in our life, and so did Superpowered Love. Well, I give a little more of a pass, as it were, to the original album because, uh, although again, I don't think that we could write that right now either. Um, we we spent a, a longer time, kind of, form, not formulating. That sounds so technical, but those songs were a little more. We got together. It took it took a while for Kirby Crackle started to get going. Once we once we did, and th- so those songs are from that time. The other albums were a concentrating writing time. Like we we're going to start now, and we need to album. That's and we did, and they came from the time in our lives that they they came from. Right. So, th- the, the, the that's the long answer. The short answer is yes. Like there are there are n- a number of songs that I can think of offhand where. You know, like uh, needing a miracle, that has a lot to do with what's going on with us. Everything. Yeah, just as much as
0: it is surface of a hero and a and their parallel line. or even something like the one I'm thinking of for some reason is—I think only because, if I'm not mistaken, this was one of one of yours—and I put yours in quotes because I know it's a collaborative thing. But there's the Mega Man song. Yeah, take it from me. They're like, it's a Mega Man song. <laughs> sure, but. Like and and maybe it's the way Kyle is singing it. It's like a real sort of passionate. I don't know if defiance is the word, but there's like a like it's like an empowerment song. Mm-hmm. We have a we have a number of people who told us it's an awesome song to run to, you know. But I mean, there's there's something to it of like nothing's gonna it's that sort of nothing's gonna stop me kind of a thing. And again, if we're looking back on this entire conversation, sure. you've been like this sort of Mega Man. Uh, uh, that's terrible it, yeah. but, but like you but i mean you you go you you proceed and sure you know,
1: and, and it's funny because Man, in terms of a character and if you look at even the video we did it's it's him just like if you look at his animation right it's just him running like he never stops right and there are parallels to that like that's a song that i like i was more passionate about and more you know like, and and reflective of it's like not only am i not going to stop but whatever obstacles are being thrown in my way you know, fuck that i'm just gonna get through them until the very end you know when it, whenever that is so you know you can take that to mean whatever you want it to but i know what it means to me but you can
0: yeah you, you can sort of take where, what you want that's where art it. comes into craft it's up to an interpretation on the part of uh the listener or the reader or the con attendant or the the store shopper the the, the, for lack of a better term
1: the consumer bingo because that you know they are consuming this media one way
0: or another and then if not for them why are we doing any of this indeed thank you jim thank you greg i think people are gonna like this (laughs) well i certainly hope so this right here is going to increase attendance at the Emerald City Comic Con. I want to know. Mul- a, multifold. When people find, like, how would you find out about the show? And they go, oh, the podcast that came out a month after it? <laughs>
1: I want those Actually, numbers. So I went
0: back in time, and that
1: was what I heard. I want those numbers. Thank you,
0: obstacles Take it from me. There you go, Jim DeMonacos. What else could you possibly want to know about the man? You know, I'm sure there's plenty you want to know about the man. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff we didn't even get to, and that was, as as uh, as pointed out at the very beginning of part one, Jim and I can talk. We can talk for a long time about a lot of different things, and that and that what you just heard was us staying on topic. So you can only imagine when you start throwing in digressions. Speaking of digressions, I'm digressing. Here's what you need to know. StuffSaidShow.com is the website for this show. You go there, you can talk about episodes in the comments section. I respond to those comments. You can also, and I encourage you to leave a comment on iTunes. I encourage it so much that I've created this contest that I mentioned briefly at the beginning. The contest goes like this. You leave a comment on iTunes You're automatically entered into this contest. I will choose names at random. You will win a piece of artwork. I will choose two names. If you cannot think of something to write, I'm giving you two options. One, you write a thing that says, uh, I like the show. I'd love to hear blank as a guest. Option two, you criticize the show, but you make it sound like a positive. So you say, I love it when... Greg stutters during the interviews. It gives the show character. Something like that. Whatever. So those that's the contest. Enter the contest. The contest ends May 1st. Whatever comments are up there as of May 1st are the entries. I'll draw names. A winner will be chosen. If you're anti-iTunes, if you hate iTunes' guts, if you don't want to be involved with Apple at all, leave a comment at stuffsaidshow.com. So that's the contest. Again, I'll be at Emerald City Comic Con that's March 30th, 31st, and April 1st in Seattle, Washington. And what else is there? I know there's something else, and I'm and it's escaping me. Hmm, I don't know. But those are the places you can hear the show. And listen to. You can also hear the show at AcmeWaveProjector.com, where they have other comics-related shows like the Acme Cast, which is a weekly comic show about new releases, news, things like that hosted by the gang at Acme Comics in Greensboro, North Carolina. Which, heads up, is where I will be at Free Comic Book Day, May 5th. More on that in the next episode. That's uh, a little tease for you, a little teaser for the next show. And if I've forgotten anything, I apologize. I probably should have written some notes down before I just started winging it. StuffSaidShow.com. Oh, you can email me directly at StuffSaid@gmail.com. That's the thing I'd forgotten to say. StuffSaid@gmail.com is a direct email to me. I will read it and respond in kind if a response is merited. No, I'll respond. I'm being I'm being a jerk. That's about all the stuff I have left to say. See you next time.